Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. I am your freedom coach. This is Dawn Scott Damon, and you're listening to Freedom Girl Sisterhood. This is a place where we come together. We keep it real, ladies. We don't just do talk show, but we do a walk show. That's right. We just don't talk about it, but we walk it out. And I'm just here to help you as a freedom coach to speak truth into your life, to nudge you forward, to help you shake off the chains of the past, and to reach for freedom. You know God's got great things in store for you. There is a truth that, you know, suffering develops character. We can go through trials and things in life that shape us and mold us. But the absolute truth is that God wants us well and whole. God wants to glorify himself through our life. And, you know, sitting and doing nothing and being paralyzed by fear and intimidation or curled up in the corner with sickness and disease while it does a work, perhaps, in our heart, it does nothing to serve the world in terms of getting out there and being used of God to his fullness. So what I'm trying to say is that let's not settle for less than what God has for us. Let's not just be willing to say, oh, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. You know what? Let's stand on God's word. Let's make sure we know what the word of God says and not let Satan outwit us because we're not aware of the fact that the word of God says something different than what we're hearing whispered in our ear. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about this today. I want to talk to you about the idea of walls. Yeah, that's right. W-A-L-L-S. Walls. Some walls in our life are good, and some walls in our life are not so good. But we'll talk about that in just a minute. First, this is Dawn Scott Damon. I am your freedom coach, and you're listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. Take a minute and stop by my website, dawndamon.org, dawnjones.org. Yes, I'm in the middle of a name change. Or visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. I'd love to hear from you and hear what you'd like to hear a show on. Take a moment and drop me a line. It would be awesome. All right, welcome back, everybody. So I've been reading a lot of Nehemiah lately. This is the Old Testament chapter in the Bible about Nehemiah, who is burdened for the people of the Israel nation. They have been through war and they lie in devastation now in their land and their temple has been restored but their walls the walls that are around the city are still lying in ruins heaps and rubbles of stone and this is an old testament story but i want you to know that it's filled with all kinds of incredible types and lessons for a, a right now today for us I want to read this verse to you, and I want you to just listen to this. Nehemiah 4, verse 1 and verse 2 says, Now it came about when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall. Stop there for a moment. This is about rebuilding. God wants to rebuild you, your life. When Sanballat heard that Nehemiah was there to rebuild the wall, the Bible says he became furious and very angry, and he mocked the Jews. And he spoke in the presence of his friends and the wealthy men of Samaria, and he said, What are these feeble Jews doing? 
Are they going to restore this for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from dusty rubble, even these burnt, charred ones? That's the voice of the enemy. You might recognize it. He uses the weapon of mockery and intimidation that really strikes fear in the hearts of you and I often. He's not some sly old fox, just this, you know, guy that's been around forever. The the devil is a real entity. He is a sinister evil, the embodiment of everything wicked and and evil and horrid. And he hates you because God loves you. That's that's his sole purpose is to destroy and hurt us because we are the object of God's affection and love. Well, in the Old Testament story of Nehemiah, it is just filled and powerful for us today because this is a picture of the type of opposition that you and I can expect when Nehemiah, by the way, whose name means the consoling wind or breath of God, it is a picture of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, you and I can expect opposition. We can expect the enemy to push back whenever God starts working in our life and specifically to rebuild us. For the book of Nehemiah is about the rebuilding process. It is about Nehemiah giving leadership to the people so that their life would not be in shambles and in ruins, but they would be rebuilt. So as we talk about that today, let's look at some of the types because as I said, I've been studying this and it's just an amazing story and a book of the Bible that I really recommend that you read. But it is a picture for us today. We've already talked about the fact that Nehemiah is a picture of the Holy Spirit and he is at work in our lives. The other type, as we said, is Sanballat and he is a picture of Satan that comes to us to mock and intimidate us and really just create paralysis, emotional and and mental paralysis so that we do not proceed in becoming all that God wants us to be. The temple in this story is our spirit. It is a picture of you and I as a believer. The temple had just been rebuilt some years earlier under the leadership of another person named Ezra. That picture means that the people were saved, if you will, Spiritual rightness with God had been restored. Their relationship had been restored. In other words, it's the equivalent of you and I becoming born again, where we've repented of our sin and our spirit man is now alive and rebuilt and open and we're in right standing with God. You know, when I gave my life to Jesus, I was instantly made perfect in my spirit. In other words, positionally before God, I never have to do another thing. I am accepted, and I am loved, and I'm on my way to heaven. But that doesn't mean my mind had been restored. Having gone through childhood abuse, having gone through brokenness in marriage or whatever else I had experienced, my likes, my dislikes, my beliefs, my thoughts, my patterns, my habits, none of that instantly changed. Those represent the walls. For the walls in the picture of Nehemiah are a picture or symbolism of the mind, the mind, the will, and the emotions. It's the soul life of the believer. And so very often, Christians become born again, and they stop right there. 
But Nehemiah, the Holy Spirit, says, no, that's not good enough. You're not complete. I want to restore you. I want to rebuild you. I want to rebuild your mind. I want to heal the brokenness of your life, the shambles and the ruins that old thinking and old patterns and old habits and old behavior have created in your life. Now, some of us are sitting in the ruins. We've got brokenness all around us as consequences of our behaviors, of our unredeemed, unrebuilt, if you would, if you would unbuilt <laughs> minds, knowing God, loving God, but still living like the world, still confused and still in chaos, not fully and completely surrendered. We are living in the consequences of that. But God wants to redeem it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you may have just lost some things that you can't get back. But there is a future that is beautiful for you. And God, who does all things well, will not stop his work until you are complete. Philippians 1 says in in verse 6, I'm I'm confident of this, that God who began a good work in you, Holy Spirit who began a good work in you, he will not stop until that work is completed. So don't be discouraged. Yes, grieve what has been lost. Release and let go what you cannot fix and what you cannot change. And reach for God's grace and reach for the stones and the rubble that's laying in heaps around you and put them back in the wall as God directs you. Okay, so the walls in Nehemiah are a picture of good walls. You know, God wants us to have good walls. These are boundaries. This is appropriate boundaries and correct thinking. God does not want us to be like a defenseless city. For the walls of Nehemiah represent a believer or a person who has absolutely no boundaries, We lie open to the attack of the enemy. We're vulnerable to be victims over and over again because we have no self-regulation, no self-respect, no healthy boundaries, no no space for ourselves where we have enough uh, self-esteem to say, you cannot treat me this way. I will not allow this in my life. Perhaps we are codependent and dysfunctional, and God wants to clean all of that up and heal us from that type of behavior from the past. So we see that Nehemiah comes in Nehemiah chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4. All through the book, you'll see him give leadership. And the Bible says the people got busy because they had a mind to work. You know, when the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder, what he wants to know is, will you cooperate with me? Will you let me work in your life? Will you partner with me? I'm ready to do a work. I'm ready to rebuild you and your personality. I'm ready to restore your mind and your emotions so that you're not a broke-down mess. Are you ready? Do you have a mind to work? Are you ready to relinquish control and release the past? Are you ready to grow up and stop being an immature believer? God wants to restore you. Well, the people said yes to Nehemiah. And the minute they said yes and they started rebuilding, here comes Sanballat. And he is ready to mock the people. He is ready to threaten them, intimidate them, and pull out all the stops, whatever he has to do to get them to stop building, to stop the work, to discourage them. You know, uh, he had control over those people for a long time. He uh, he had such a, 
a, a chokehold on them, so much fear. He ruled by intimidation and fear, and he literally caused the people to be discouraged and paralyzed. So they lived for years in this mess, and such as they, so were we. We we were under the control of the enemy for a long time. He had a hold on our lives. We had habits and behaviors and attitudes that were demonic in nature that we just didn't break out of. But now the Holy Spirit, Nehemiah, comes and he says, I'm ready to set you free from this. Let's go. But, you know, Satan doesn't want to lose control of you. He doesn't just say, oh, okay, oh, oh you're going to leave. Okay, see ya. No, he fights back. He pushes in even more. Don't be confused when you think God is doing something in your life and you're excited about that. And then all of a sudden everything goes crazy. You know, it's like all hell has broke out against you. Well, it has. And you must learn to warfare. You must learn to defend your mind and defend your emotions. So these are good walls that you need to have. It's right to put these good walls in place. You know, but at first when we're erecting walls, it feels weird to us. When we're saying no to people or we're pushing boundaries back and saying, you can't treat me like this, it causes fear. We're not used to that. We're not accustomed to that. But that's the good kind of wall that God wants for you to have in your life. And so as the people in the book of Nehemiah were doing this, they started hearing threats. And that's how Satan works, isn't it? He comes with the words. That's how he tries to outwit you, outsmart you. He speaks lies and whispers those insidious lies into your ear, into your mind, into your heart. And he wants you to believe that they're truth. But you know what? Satan does not tell the truth. In fact, every time he opens his mouth, he speaks his native language, which the Bible tells us is lies. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what Satan wants to do to your life. And for some of you, it's been working for a long time. So let's look at some of the words that Sanballat used and some of the things that actually did work against the people. As they were working, he and his friends made sure that he did this in the presence of everybody. He began to mock them, and he said these next five statements. The first thing that he said was, what are these feeble Jews doing? Notice he used the word feeble. He mocked their weakness. Have you ever felt inadequate? You feel like you're not enough. You ever felt so weak that you don't think that you can press through another day. And Satan is right there to tell you, you're never going to amount to anything. You are so weak. You are so inadequate. You are not enough. Well, he brings attention to your weakness because actually he fears his loss of control over you. Satan wants you to stay weak. He wants you to be vulnerable. He wants you to believe the lie that you can't do it. Well, you can listen to his lie or you can open up your mouth and release your own weapon. Because you know what? You have a weapon inside of you, and it is the Word of God. It is the sword of the Spirit. And with that, you can slay the enemy and stop his attack against you. You can open up your mouth and you can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You can open up your mouth and you can say, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus gives me sufficient grace. He says and tells me that his power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more about my weakness because Christ's power is perfected in me. 
Sam Ballot came to them, and another thing that he said was, are you going to restore this for yourselves? He twisted their motives. Can you hear it in his voice? He made them feel selfish, that they were doing it for themselves, or that they were, their motives were impure. You know, often when we pray for God's blessing, we pray for God's best in our life, the enemy will come to you and whisper to you, and he'll even make it sound real spiritual. God wants you sick so that you'll praise him more. God wants you, you broke so that you'll be self-reliant. God wants you beat down because if you get strong, you'll forget about him and you won't praise him. Rubbish. That's a lie. That is not true. And don't you believe that for one moment. God wants you whole. God wants you well. Don't listen to that lie. Open your mouth and release your own weapon. What about Isaiah 61? This is a picture of Jesus coming. And Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for captives and release for prisoners, release from that darkness. Listen, God wants to bind up your broken heart. God wants to mend you and put you back together. He wants to set you free from that prison. He's preaching good news to the poor areas of your life. God doesn't want you broke down and incapable and hurt and wounded. Have you ever run into a wounded person before and within 30 seconds of meeting them, they've spilled their guts to you? Well, that poor person is is hurting. They're bleeding. God doesn't want that for them. He wants to bind up their broken heart and stop the bleeding and build their life. It's time to build those walls, people. No more oozing and bleeding and weeping. God wants to make you whole. Well, Sam Ballot came and he said this thing. He said, will they offer sacrifices? Now, that's a little bit cryptic. What he's saying there, the sacrifice is what put people in right relationship with God, and it put them in right relationship with each other. And when you offer sacrifices, you were put in a position to have a relationship that was mended and whole. Well, he's mocking them. He's saying, do you think that you can, you can rebuild these walls now and you can, you can offer a sacrifice that you're going to be pleasing to God? You're a bad Christian. Your life's a mess. You're never going to be worthy. You're never going to be what God wants. You're always going to be lacking. God doesn't love you. You're not going to ever have him as a friend. Well, listen, I want to tell you, not every human relationship is going to be restored in your life because everyone has their own free will. And I know that's painful. And some of you just need to hear that. Sometimes goodbye is a blessing. If they're not part of your destiny, they're not going to stay in your life. And if they're not in your life and they walk away from you and they reject you and they leave you, then understand this. They're not part of your future, and God's already prepared for that. God's still got your destiny. But God is a part of your future. God loves you, and you can be in right relationship with him right this very moment by simply saying, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sin, and set me free. Now, you don't believe the lie of the enemy Believe the word of God. Isaiah 61 verse 5 says, You will be called the priest of the Lord, and you will be named ministers of God. Instead of disgrace or instead of shame, you'll receive a double portion. 
listen, God's got a double portion for you. Let go of what you're clinging to that God says it's done, it's over, and reach for the newness that God has for you. Well, the next thing that Sanballat said to the people, he said, in front of his friends, by the way, so that his friends would then catch it, and they would criticize and mock too, he said, will they complete it in a day? You you think you're going to get this done? The work is so extensive, you're always going to be a mess. He'll say things to you like, you'll never grow beyond this. You, this is too far gone. You'll, you, he mocks the slowness of your process and your progress. He says, you've been an alcoholic for years. You've had anger problems for years. You've been a shopaholic forever. You've been an addict your whole life. You're never going to get out of this. Do you believe that, or do you identify that as a lie? When the Holy Spirit starts working in you, we can expect relapse. Relapse is a part of recovery, but don't stay there. You're not called to live in the ash heap anymore. God is reaching for you and pulling you out of the ash heap, and he's setting you back up in, a, in the wall of beauty and integrity and dignity. You're not a victim anymore, and I don't care how long it takes. If your heart is to behold, God will get you there. You take baby steps and you rejoice in the work that is done. And you open your mouth and you release the weapon that says, I will not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season I will reap because I will not faint. And that is Galatians 6.9. You speak that out of your mouth. The last thing that he said in that paragraph that we read in Nehemiah chapter 4 He says, will they revive the stones from the rubbish, those burnt, charred stones? Satan wants to demoralize your value. He calls you a burnt stone. He tells you God can never use you again. God's done with you. You'll never be a minister. You'll You'll never be able to be a mouthpiece for the Lord. Your testimony is too tarnished and too burnt, and it's over. Yeah, I heard that lie. I heard that lie a lot when I was going through my divorce, a divorce that I didn't ask for, didn't want, and could do nothing about. But you know what? God, in his faithfulness, he absolutely did restore. And I'm in the ministry today. Yeah, I'm a burnt stone, but I've been retooled and made new and renewed and restored and rebuilt and redeemed and repurposed. And I'm so thankful. And I got to tell you this, I am happier today than I have ever been in my entire life. God is so amazing. He doesn't give you leftovers. Come on now, he's not going to serve you leftovers or second best or or this is all that there is. God has the very best for you. And I have to promise you and tell you, I am living in such a place of joy and fulfillment. God has done so many miraculous things in my life. And so I open my mouth and I say, you know what, Satan, you are a liar. I am what I am through the grace of God. And God uses my life. And Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. That old Dawn, she's gone. But Jesus lives in me, and the life I now live in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. So I daily choose the voice. Listen, I want to tell you, there's always two voices. You're always going to hear the voice of the enemy whispering in your ear. Sometimes there's three voices because there's your own logic and your own wisdom whispering. 
But you've got to learn to tune that out and foster and cultivate an ear, develop an ear for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Recognize how he speaks to you. Learn how he talks to you and what he wants to say to you. And allow him to speak truth and bring truth to you. And when you do that, you'll find the walls of your integrity, the walls of your emotions, the walls of your personality being restored and rebuilt. You won't be a victim anymore. You won't be triggered by every little thing. You'll know the truth. You won't be weak and frail and vulnerable. You'll be strong through the Spirit of God. You won't be confused and vacillate and double-minded. Your mind will be the mind of Christ, strong and alert and accurate and full and sound in Jesus' name. That's what I believe. That's what I pray for you. That's what I speak over myself every day. And that's what I speak over to you also. Gone is depression. Gone is anxiety. Gone is the brokenness. We trust in God. We trust in his healing. We thank God for his healing, however it comes through medicine or whatever. But I'm telling you, the word of God is the crowning beauty of your life. It is your armor. It is your helmet of salvation. It is your weapon. Never leave home without it. If you receive it today, can you just say amen right wherever you are and say, I claim that and I believe that. And you listen to it over and over again if you have to. But I want to tell you that God is doing great and amazing things in your life. You have every right to be free. You reach for God's fullness and get building those walls with the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Amen. Well, this is Dawn Scott Damon, your freedom coach, and you've been listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.